This week on episode 20 of Back of the Bird, presented by Cottage Springs, we got a great interview with Adam Oates. We chat a little Ryder Cup, do our week catch-up, talk about a new sponsor, and the NLL schedule announcement, um, as well as dive into some some important issues um, for with the Indigenous community and talk a little bit about Orange Shirt and Reconciliation Day, as well as one of the league sponsors changing their name. So without further ado, let's jump into Back of the Bird. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. If you want a sign, this is it. I want to give a major shout out to friend of the program, former professional hockey player Boston Levi for the intro music. Boston's just released his new EP, Prophecies. So check it out wherever you listen to your music, um, whether it's Apple Music or, or Spotify. Some great tunes on there. That was Run, Baby, Run. Um, so without further ado, let's jump into Back of the Bird. Okay, we are back. Episode 20, Polly. Episode 20. We are, we're so close to being legal drinking age in the U.S. here. Um, but, I mean, it's crazy. I guess 20 of these things is, give or take, means 20, 20 weeks. We're full, this is, yeah, it's nuts, but uh, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. I feel like we started this yesterday, but yeah, it's, it's kind of thing about this other day yet. Like all of a sudden, I don't know how long we're going to do this, but eventually we'll have like episode 100. It's just going to be unreal, but um, I'm good, man. I'm good. Just, uh, just chilling. But uh, episode 20, we were legal drinking age in Montreal a long time ago. So that's. Yeah. That's how we roll. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> well. I, this, I guess, you would have been what? Maybe in two or three episodes from now, we can talk about how it was the same age you were when you went to Windsor. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> next, next episode was when I went to Windsor. Twenty one. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Just with with a bunch of episode seventeen year olds. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. All right, we're gonna run away from that. Yeah. But um, what? So I guess I mean, since we talked last, do this every time. But what's uh, what'd you get up to this weekend? Um, I was up north this weekend. One last run at Lake Muskoka. Just uh, kind of that cottage we've been up to a bunch of times. Just uh, kind of like the handyman. Now it's not so handy, but I've gotten roped into being the handyman. So I just. Yeah. Again, they're they're great people. They're from uh, they're from the states. Actually, old I guess I don't know old producer Nick Casello, former uh, former friend former. of the pod. <laughs> yeah, but uh, I mean, me and they get in touch with them. Anyways, they're from um, Fort Dodge, Iowa, and Ozzy's obviously going to I think Iowa State. Anyways, yeah. this guy owns his own trucking line. He hauls one of his trucks hauls all of Iowa state's football gear. Like he gives them a truck. So I was going to, he also has like season tickets. So I was going to hopefully help Ozzy uh, get into the game. I'm sure he doesn't need it, but uh, I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm laughing just like, just sorry to interrupt you, but I was over at my folks on Sunday and my mom's like, fuck Polly knows everybody. <laughs> You're sitting here telling me that you know a guy who owns a truck company that hauls Iowa State's gear around. That you the the ray of people that you've got in your back pocket. It's just all time. <laughs> it's funny you say it because I was just saying about the other day. So I got I got Dane Smith into live too. You did. 
Yeah, yeah. So I hooked him up and got him into live. So yeah, I'm just the mover and shaker. Hey, you need a guy to the bird gang. I yeah, got yeah. a guy somewhere. You're, in this sound, you're starting you. to sound more and more like AJ Galante over there. Yeah. He's got a guy for everything. <laughs> uh so yeah anyways it was just up north just helping them uh kind of close up the cottage and just yeah just oh, so, so it's not it's not an all-season place just just summer yeah <clears throat> sorry because it's on an island and then obviously oh. they yeah and then they i'm sure he he said i could go up there so i think they kind of just leave the i'm sure they leave the furnace on but they kind of shut everything else down I don't really know how it all works, but uh, I mean, like, yeah, as, a, as a firefighter, is leaving the furnace on all winter with no one there a good idea? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> we were talking. He had he had a cottage burnt down actually, like beside his cottage currently. And uh, I was like, "Yeah, you definitely don't want to fire here." He's like, "No, no, no." The the fire department they tell me they got the best camera in the business. So I was kind of like, and I missed the joke. I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, oh, cause they just come take a picture of what, what burnt down at the end of it. Cause they made a joke. <laughs> I like that joke. That's a good one. Yeah. So, um, yeah, he said we can go up in the winter, but I don't think I'll be going up in the dead of the winter. No. Yeah. Well, what, what do you do? What do you just get like a, um, one of those like fan boats to take you across the water? Yeah. Or you ski do, I guess you, you do a ski do across. True. I don't know, but I'd be kind yeah. of fun though. I'd be kind of like a good little getaway. If you really are getting like dog days of winter, if hopefully like there, maybe there's one winter or one weekend, that's not snowing. You can kind of just get up there and chill out, whatever this yeah. cottage in, yeah. in the winter is very relaxing. Okay, fine. We're going up ice hockey. I mean, a bur- you, wait, a, a back of the bird on the bye week. Imagine we'll that on. we just get a full on back of the bird ice hockey tournament but not really ice hockey just content like get 10 nll guys and just have an yeah. absolute yeah piss I, up hockey game we'll just make it like a like a big brother weekend where we can vote guys out of the house yeah. and they well, you're on the island too it's perfect they just gotta walk they gotta walk all the way back no ski do they just gotta walk yeah and yeah and we keep your clothes and bag and everything yeah. you're just on your own good luck yeah but it's uh yeah obviously um Again, to kind of interrupt, but we want to give it. I want to give a major shout out to Cottage Springs. I got the new T-shirt on right now. They just sent us a ton of stuff, um, so we're gonna have some giveaways to follow to uh, to go with uh, the NOL schedule announcement, which we'll definitely uh, we'll definitely touch on. So you had a low key weekend, I guess. Then, yeah, just chilled, buddy. Just right. chilled. That's uh, yeah. What you said about being the roped into being the handyman. I, I learned a valuable lesson that if you, if you ever get asked to do something you don't want to do, you just do such a poor job that you don't get asked to do it again. That was, uh, that's my move with, um, I once got, I once had to do the pregame stretch. Cause like whoever was our guy, like wasn't there yeah. and I just completely butchered it. And then that way you just never get asked again. That's what I do with laundry in my, uh, in my relationship. My wife's just like, okay, stop. Just get the hell out of here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Sorry. Oh no. <laughs> but babe, I want to help. Yeah. <laughs> Unreal. That's good, man. But, uh, yeah, How I think I, I go ahead. That's How it. about you. What, what's going on with your weekend? Yeah. I had a, a little bit of, uh, uh, I would say an opposite one than yours, but, uh, um, interesting weekend. <laughs> yeah. To say the least, but, uh, we don't have to go into too much detail on that side. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, no, I, I went, uh, we had a, I had a little, uh, client meeting, um, Friday afternoon, um, which was good. Caught up with a few folks and then a few of the guys are, are companies. We got a good setup of guys that are kind of in and around my age. Um, good and bad. 
Yeah, good and bad. But it was it's good to it's good to kind of like because I've had it. You know, we where you know work is social and stuff. But I think it's like almost like a different combination of people coming together. And this almost feels like it's like you know like a lacrosse team or hockey yeah. team, or whatever. Like it's a bunch of guys that are, um, yeah, real real down to earth and fun guys. So we uh, we stayed kind of after the client in the same spot, and we went over to that Wheat Chief in Toronto, the okay. oldest oldest bar in the city, I guess. Um, That's on Spadina. It's like King. It's I don't know the street itself, but it's in that. It's like called King the West oldest area. bar now, right? It's not even called Wee Schiefer's. Yeah, it's Wee. kind of like weird. They don't have the title on the front, but then they yeah. put it inside. It's King and Spadina. King yeah. and Spadina. Okay. So we were uh, we were there and and just like got there at like six and just kind of had some chicken wings, great little dingers they've got there, and some some Guinness going. Um, and then a live band rolled in, so we we went inside, and then the other guy that I work with. Um, his brother's actually at leaf camp with our buddy Riles there. So he's uh, he came by with his whole family cause they were in town cause the Leafs had games. Mm-hmm. So um, we had, we were had like a, t- a group of like 15 and then this band started going, this band was electric. Like this guy could change his voice to sound male, female, any artists. Like it was, yeah, it was one of those, like the live band at, at the bar or restaurant, whatever is just such a nice, it's such a good thing to have. Like, it's just the energy. If it's up. a good, if it's a good live band, there is nothing better. No matter what yeah. beats beats a sick DJ, you get a good live band. There's nothing better. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a good man. It was uh yeah, good, good fun. And then kind of a couple buddies over Saturday watched, uh, we finished off, I guess that would have been, yeah, we were watching the Ryder cup and then, um, watched it during the day and then into the UFC at night, which was, you know, Nate Diaz was fighting, which was crazy to watch. Like just so many battles in this, on that card. So that was, uh, it was a good one. And then hung out with the folks on Sunday, nice little wholesome family dinner. Um, and, and, ended up watching kind of the end of the Ryder cup, um, which is, I mean, those guys just celebrated their, their asses off. Eh? Yeah. I love, uh, I love that little clip that was going on. I didn't really like, I feel like DJ is not even that old, but the guy's like, Hey DJ, you being the oldest guy on the, and he's just waffled. You being the oldest guy on the team. Do you think you can still hand up, handle these guys? Next question. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. That's our, that's one of our owners, baby. That's an yeah. NL owner right there. Just putting on a clinic for the young guys. So who knows? Maybe he'll be doing that for the boys after their first win in Vegas, uh, in, you know, 2023, I guess, or no, it'll be early tw- or late 2022. Right. That they come. Yep. Out. Yep. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be unbelievable. Um, that just going out with the great one. <sighs> Steve, what a, what a crew that would be eh? oh that's like that's like everyone's like it's probably a lot of people's dreams foursomes right there the great one dj and steve nash yeah yeah um speaking of the Ryder cup you watch it i, I watched it i didn't watch it like wire to wire but it's kind of like it's like one of those things it was so cool to to watch but kind of usa just ran away with it kind of made it a little bit disappointing it's still like cool to to see like more of that team atmosphere. It's a little bit more guys are a little bit more lively and kind of shit talking. So I like that aspect of it, but it's like one of those things you wish it was closer kind of coming down to the end. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. I think that's how that you want that in any golf event, but it was, I think the only reason like I kind of liked that they blew them out is just because it's been so long since the U S has won. Right. So it was true. And I mean, 
uh, to see old Brooksy and Brooksy and Brooksy come together to, you know, to be buddies again. And I mean, that whole story almost felt like it was like made up, like after like you just see them become buddies, like again, or, yeah. I but, think yeah, both idiots. Yeah. 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 They kind of make it about themselves, but it, they did, you know, whatever pulled it together. And I love that event, man. I think, and I saw, um, uh, oh, you're talking about Ocello, Ocello's buddy there, uh, Larkin Kemp, who was, uh, he's a little PLL guy, but he tweeted out like a kind of a cool little concept, honestly, that, that instead of doing like individual golf, like whoever you're sponsored by. So if you're like TaylorMade or, um, Titleist or whatever, whoever the hell, like whatever their sponsors are, like then those become the teams that you compete in, in tournaments, which would be kind of cool. It would be cool, just like Callaway versus TaylorMade versus Titleist versus Ping, and then that'd yeah. be a cool concept for like a, a skins game too, or something like that. Just put some big money on the line, like each company's got to put in like a million dollars or something. Yeah, yeah that would be kind of cool. I didn't see that. That is cool. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I watched a little bit. I saw Deshambo just fucking piping yeah. one onto the green and then making a 40 footer for Eagle and just like it, I mean, getting the people going, it was awesome. 417 feet. Are you fucking kidding me? Yards. You mean yards, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> he was impressive too for me, but yeah, I couldn't even hit it. That I couldn't hit it. That I, what's the difference between a foot and a yard? I'm not uh, sure. It's, I think uh, it's not that much. I, it's, a yard is just a little bit bigger, so it's, I'm probably not that off, that far True. off, but still a big blender as always. Um, the one <laughs> question I got, like speaking yeah. of like kind of like the, the last thing on the Ryder Cup, you're kind of like the the shit talking in the back and forth. This thing with the gimmies when guys are putting their putters down. Yeah. So I always thought between the leather was like if you put your leather down from the cup to the ball. Are you telling me it's the whole putter? I think when you're that good at putting, like they are, <laughs> I'm like, I'm shaving twenty strokes off. Yeah, oh, fuck. I'm I'm three whacking from a putter, a full putter length. <laughs> I know, but if those are gimmies, I mean, I've been playing golf wrong this whole time. Yeah, no, I okay. yeah, I don't know. I, I, that was the other like when Bryson laid his fucking putter. Oh, yeah, man. and his putter's twenty seven feet long. It it's it's crowd. Yeah, it's just ridiculous. But no, yeah, it was a good watch. I love that event. It's fucking really, really cool. Really fun to kind of change it up and just make it a team atmosphere. But I think they should well, find a way not, to do it more. Yeah, it's again, it's cool because then like guys are shot like a couple of guys are shotgunning beers off the start too, and it's just like it's more of like that happy Gilmore like party at kind of like the waste management where like. Again, you don't have to be all hoity-toity. Like, guys are, like, again, kind of getting after each other. Like, it's more more of a competition. You don't really have that gentleman side of the golf game. It's, like, this is, like, real sport competition, which is cool. Yeah, yeah no doubt, man. So, that, yeah, it was, that was a good watch. I guess, that, you know, we should also mention our guest today, NHL Hall of Famer Adam Oates. Ever heard of him? Over, over a 1,000 assists in the NHL. Are you kidding me? So it was uh, after a couple of technical issues, it was nice to uh, to get him on. And, and I mean, great chat. And he obviously, I mean, hell of a lacrosse player. He had fucking 29 points in a game. I mean, you'll hear us talk about that a little bit, but. <laughs> no, it was ridiculous. Um, I might, I don't know if I can afford him, but I'm going to try and hire him as my lacrosse skills guy. See if I can. Wait, but I thought you were thinking of making the NHL comeback. 
Um, maybe we'll see. Maybe I, maybe I do the, I do the old San Jose again. I, I come in with both sets of gear, hockey and lacrosse. Yeah. I do an hour of hockey, hour of lacrosse. And then he tells me which one I'm going to be better at. Yeah. Yeah. We exactly. just continue on from there. And you just listen, Mac, you, you're not going to be going to university. I gotta, I gotta put that. Yeah, I gotta exactly. put your tuition towards yeah. get better. That RESP, I just spent it all on uh, one session with OT baby. <laughs> But but yeah, no, it was cool. He's a, he's a super smart guy. It's kind of, it's interesting the way he like just thinks of like helping guys too. Again, like he talks about like not a skill it's cerebral. He like teaches people to think the game, which I think is such an underutilized aspect of sports. Fucking right. Yeah. Polly underutilized too. Look at I don't that. know. I don't it know where that word. I don't know where that word came from. That just fired me up. Let's go. That's awesome, man. But hey, we also want to announce we both got the samples. We got a new uh, sponsor that kind of jumped on board here that we're going to do some work with. Yeah, man. Um, easy Mondays. Hey, there's no easy Mondays, but uh, yeah, they reached out and and gave gave you a T and me a T and uh, and the long C was kind of the. Uh, old Instagram influencer. I was howling at the little like turns and then like oh. the point you're like, and you could wear it out or you can. <laughs> <laughs> I just do that so I can get absolutely roasted, which I did. And I just love, I was like, I'm just going to get roasted. But uh, yeah, man. So the backstory of uh, easy Mondays launched a company brand in 2019. You want to create a line of clothing for guys with well-made basics that feel well, look good, and are great quality. Um, the stuff that you would pick first out of your drawer, no red or yellow t-shirts, nothing that you would regret buying, key pieces. Everything is handmade in Portugal, Italy, and made to last. He's been in the clothing business for 15 years, so he knows about clothing, and most importantly, he knows what guys like. So this is what we're going to do. We might get into some giveaways too, but Ooh. go to easymondays.ca or you can go on their Instagram, easy.mondays. Get on the store and we got you with a bird 15 promo code. Come on. Bird 15. Yeah, let's go. So again, to tell you, this, this stuff is legit. It's one of the nicest t-shirts I had. Again, it is uh on the pricer side, but it, like it is going to last you for a while. It's not going to be the H and M that you just buy a new one every every three weeks. This one, this one's going to be one you wear everywhere, and it's it's, it's nice stuff. So yeah, head on over to EasyMondays.ca and uh, Bird Fifteen promo code and and pick up some uh, some nice swag for yourself. Now there and I tell you, there's something I like about like that sh- the shape of a shirt. When because yeah. I got these little chicken arms, and if I can get a shirt that like kind of hugs the arm a little bit to make them not look like chicken arms. This, I mean, this thing does it, but it is. Yeah, they're great. So shout out to uh, the the folks over easy Easy Mondays. I know they're listeners too, and that's kind of how they stumble onto us. So um, yeah, we appreciate the support, but on the, uh, on kind of the same theme of big announcements, NLL released the full schedule recording Wednesday, full schedule just came out. I love this. I love this happening. It makes it feel real. I tweeted out. I screwed up the first time I tweeted. I said over a thousand days because I got the date wrong. But six hundred days since we like over six hundred and thirty days since we're played, um, and now it's starting to feel real again. It's fun to kind of go through the schedule and see which teams, for lack of a better term, got screwed with bye weeks. 
back to back stuff like that. But I tell you what, I love the Riptide schedule. I love it a lot. Yeah. Um, again, like you say, it's real now. Again, it's like you kind of get you kind of get butterflies a little bit. Like looking at the schedule, being like, "Oh man!" Like, yeah, training camp's happening in four weeks, basically, and uh, season's over just two months away. So it's, it's super exciting. I, I really like our schedule. The only thing I don't like, I do love hitting a little warm climate and that mid, you know, that mid season. So we don't have any San Diego, Panther City, any. We don't really have much West Coast to tell you the truth at all, which is nice. For me, being an older guy, not a lot of travel, but I do like getting out, getting out to see the sun a little bit. But it's, uh, man, this this season's gonna be unbelievable. Um, and you kind of touched it in the tweet, like you got two amazing rookie draft classes that haven't played a single game in this league yep. that drive in a whole bunch of new talent, especially other guys who have just retired, and it's literally like you talk about Russian roulette. That's what I feel like the season is. It's like, you don't know who's going to pop off. I think everyone is super happy with what they have going in right now. Again, like you say, with this, these young draft picks and guys who, who've made off-season signings, trades. So, um, yeah, I'm super excited. I'm, I'm fired up to get going, man. Yeah, it's uh, it makes it real. I'll tell you what, makes it real in the sense that, like, Damn it! I'm actually missing games now, but that's all yeah. right. We'll be back. It's uh, I didn't I didn't want to pump it up too much. I was like, I'm so fired up. And they're like, uh, no, shit, I mean, bro. as it should be. It's it's been I a long know. time since we played lacrosse, but there's uh, again, I don't know what the future holds in terms of doctor doctor clearing me here. But I I saw we got Toronto in Hamilton March 5th. Now that would be a fun one to try and get back for. So I circled that one, printed okay. it off, pasted okay. it on the wall here as the kind of the the daily motivation again i yeah you don't know but it's hey, uh something to work for though right like yeah, that's exactly it especially in uh you know especially with that injury like it's it's a long road right but if there's a bit of an end goal you know yeah. whether you hit it or not that's going to help you kind of get through those those dog days of of crappy days of rehab too right yep no doubt speaking of that too paulie we're already jumping ahead in the rehab schedule um, I'm doing, I'm doing BOSU ball squats. I'm Let's riding, go. I'm riding the Let's bike go. and stuff. So, uh, we had a little bit of a scare. I, I almost fell down the stairs yesterday, um, Ooh. leaving, which like that, like got the heart going, like in a hurry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're all good. Just a little bit tight today, but, uh, um, yeah, we're doing, getting the calf raises going, getting everything, just trying to wake everything up again, but no way. Is, uh, yeah. So it's, uh, it's good, man. Moving along quicker than I thought. And, um, yeah, I think of my, like, I think it's like three weeks ahead so far. So that's awesome, man. Well, you keep crushing it. Hey, but after those hard rehabs, are you, you doing anything after you, it's funny you mentioned anything? that I am absolutely bundling the BCAA <laughs> EAA lollipop. That's why you're right three now. weeks ahead. It, I mean, it's the only thing I could think of because I mean, the amount of the stuff that I'm putting into me <laughs> is just, it's barbaric. I don't know if I've had a regular water in weeks. It's just like, Oh, <laughs> I can throw a scoop in there. And I've been doing this actual, this shake. So in the morning, I'll come back, I'll come home, throw a little bit of that uh, uh, vanilla almond milk and then frozen mangoes, a scoop of the veggie greens and a scoop of vanilla protein. It is unbelievable. 
I, I, it's something I could just, I could put booster juice out of business if I wanted. So um, booster juice, if you're listening to this, you better sponsor the pod. Because, yeah. um, if you're not careful, I'll put you out of business, but no, yeah, it's good. So uh, again, Dan 25, we're still active there. Um, and they've got a free anything over a hundred bucks. So if you spend a hundred bucks after the Dan 25 discount code, um, you're going to get free shipping. So that's, I mean, they're basically giving this stuff away. So lioneyesupplements.com, go check it out. I know uh, I was talking to Coach Laddie there. He uh, he was hitting his plateau working out wise. So we figured he was going to jump on the, the Lion Eyes train. And I think he did. So um, yeah, give that, give that a little checkout. It's the best thing you'll, you'll see. I've been drinking the BCA before bed. And I, you know, no free ads, but I wear, I wear a whoop band. Hopefully we can do some work with them in a bit, but yeah, I've been noticing my, my heart rate variability is elevated by 15 to 25% after I take a magnesium pill and drink my BCAAs. So that's something you can look into. I don't know the science behind that, but it's, uh, I've been keeping a journal on this thing and notice that. So pretty cool. If anyone's still listening and is in a mental pretzel, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know that was a lot to throw at you guys, but fuck did I just sound smart. Eh? There Come was on. math. There was physiology. There was, I think some psychology. There was a whole bunch of stuff going on. That last we'll sentence. do it all, man. We'll yeah. do it all. Um, I was, I'm trying to think of, uh, did we, have we already talked about that uh, untold the breaking point one? No, I need to. Uh, uh, that's the last one I haven't seen. Uh, my wife actually watched it. It was unbelievable. Um, yeah. Okay, so yeah, you gotta watch it. Yeah, and you gotta watch Ted Lasso. This so I'm trying to watch Ted Lasso. I have <laughs> Apple. I have Apple TV on my phone, and usually I can stream from my phone to my TV. I can do it for like YouTube, whatever. But I guess my TV is too old that it does. I can't get the Apple app, so I can't oh. stream it. Because like. We, why, don't I just, really, why, why don't you just uh, why don't you just pull it up on the laptop and then HDMI it? Because I'm not a technology guy. <laughs> I tried one thing and then after that I thought we were done. <laughs> so, anyways, but I have tried, but uh, yeah. Right. So, well, I, I got another one for you. Okay, Squid Game. I've seen that catching some buzz. It is mental. It's mental. Yeah. It's you got to get through because it's uh, it's a Korean show. So is, this, it's, is it dubbed again? Yeah, it's like okay. The mouths are moving like crazy, and then they just put the English yeah. in it. But um, but I, I mean, I'm obsessed with it. I've been watching it. It's crazy. It's like it's got okay. it's like it's like saw mixed with like childhood games for money. Okay, is it so, scary? No, not like okay. It's not, not a like, big not a big scary guy. No, it's not. It's alarming, okay. but. That's alarming. I'll make you sweat a little bit, but no, yeah, it's fine. Get the juices flowing. <laughs> okay. But uh, right. but yeah, I think again, want to reiterate too. We got hopefully we're gonna get some good news on a US TV deal. But I did read an article today, so we're gonna have a game of the week streamed on. I mean, not streamed on TSN on TV game of the week one game. So every single week there will be a national lacrosse league game on your TV on TSN. So you got to watch it, tell your friends to watch it, tune in. And then every other game played throughout the league will be available on the TSN app. So um, I, I think you can just sign into that. If I'm not mistaken with like your cable company providers yeah. information. Um, so check that out. If you don't have cable, some people don't buy the TSN app, 
just uh, by the streaming part of it, the boys need it. Um, and you're going to watch some great sports. So um, yeah, check that out. I think it'll be pretty awesome again. Hopefully they announce something in the next little while for the U S but the last kind of thing I wanted to kind of touch on here. And, and it, obviously it was something that, you know, we've touched on on earlier episodes, but um, you know, the NLL just announced a uh, equipment partnership with a company that was, you know, at, at, I guess at the time and currently until it's been going to be changed here is called lax sav. Now I saw, you know, as soon as they announced a partnership, I didn't really know the company that well. And I know they make gloves and apparel and stuff. And and I saw Cody Jameson put together a little tweet just saying, you know, that it's wrong. Um, you know, using lacrosse lax as lacrosse and sav means savage. And, and obviously that's, you know, with uh, relation to indigenous communities, it's, you know, it's just not something not not something that you know should be put out there not something that a, a, a league that you know is born on a sport that's born from the indigenous people should be backing so um you know i know they put out a big statement about their apologies for it and and you know that they they want to be you know they want to be part of the positive change and, and they're going to be adjusting their name immediately so you know it, it's one of those things i guess it's just you can kind of you can kind of overlook the power that you have with words, I think, um, you know, and, and I hope they didn't mean anything by naming their company that, but it's something they should have thought of. But I think, you know, there's, that's what we talked about before, man, Cody, Randy, Lyle, these guys have power to, to make positive change. And if you're interested in it, you got to follow them because ultimately he put that out there and now, now it is causing change, you know? So I don't know. What are your thoughts? No, hundred percent. Um, Again, I, I think just, uh, I mean, it is an oversight, which, you know, no excuses, right? It's kind of it's a little bit of the banging the head against the wall, I'm sure, for Cody, Randy, and just the whole Indigenous community a little bit. Like, it's the one step forward, two steps back. And again, I don't think they, you know, like you said, I don't think anything was intentional by it, but uh, kudos for them for making the apology acknowledging that you know the name was wrong and changing it right um so again i i you know lyle had the really really good article in was it the athletic i read it is the athletic or sports no sports illustrated right sports illustrated yeah yeah so again like again i think still as a population we need to educate ourselves again and and the day we're recording right now is is reconciliation day is orange shirt day right to tomorrow or Thursday. I thought it was the 30th. Is it Thursday? Yeah. Well, today's okay. the 29th. So yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. It's reconciliation day is, is September 30th. So we'll be a day late on it, but still. Okay. Yeah. I mean, by the time it's pot, but anyways, the point being is, is, is read these articles, read the article in sports illustrated that just came out about Lyle and, you know, his explanation on, on things and, you know, the social genocide and stuff like that is, is very powerful. And again, the only way for us to make change and to not keep following the same trap of, um, I use, I use a lot of big words now. I can't think of, of, uh, like being unaware of what we're saying yeah that word is like is by educating yourself we can't keep playing dumb i'm like oh i didn't know that was bad i didn't know i couldn't say that like so we got we got to keep educating ourselves again follow randy follow cody follow lyle read these articles listen to the podcast that they're on and again the only way to really reconcile is again like we we have to acknowledge 
the the wrongs that have been done and really reconcile right so hopefully you know again there's there's higher ups that need to do that so hopefully we can we can get to that point where you know truly some steps are made to uh to reconcile you know the wrongs and stuff that's happened over the years yeah no doubt and we'll uh you know obviously our podcast is going to come out on the friday but um you know we'll be pumping social media out uh, for thursday too to kind of get people to be wearing their orange shirts and, and talking about stuff too i think that's you got to make it a part of the conversation so you know again i it's frustrating that that was their name to begin with um but you know to change it and be willing to be a part of that change i think is you know it's a step in the right direction so Hopefully uh, stuff like this just stops happening and, and we can, you know, kind of turn the corner because it's, you know, we talked about it before, it, you know, the, there's so much fucking nuts stuff going on in the world right now that stuff gets pushed under the rug. Um, and it's that kind of 24 hour news cycle, but it, you know, the harsh reality is there's, you know, I saw Cody share the other day. There's like, you know, they found like 6,500 kids so far. So it's just like from these residential schools and you heard about it when it's 450 kids and everyone's going crazy, but now it's, you know, there's nothing there. So just make an effort to be yourself aware. I know I am. It's something I'll admit. I maybe, you know, I didn't do enough before. Um, and, and that's fine. It's, but it's the fact that we can, you know, we, to, it's fine to admit that, but it's, we have to take steps to do it now. So, um, yeah, I, I think, I think that's kind of all I, I had to to say on that side of things. Um, like Polly said, just follow along with those guys and, and do what you can to learn as much as possible. But, uh, but yeah, I think, uh, I think that kind of covers everything off that, that we wanted to chat about. Is there anything else you wanted to, to say before we kind of kick it over to the interview? No, this was a, uh, this was a cool interview again. Um, Kind of back to not a lacrosse player, but is a lacrosse player because the guy had 29 points, 19 assists in a game. Is that good? I'm pretty good. And if you look at, I mean, his NHL stats are crazy, but let me read off his uh, best year in junior. Okay. Adam Oates, 1981 for the Etobicoke Eclipse, 19 games played, 79 goals. <laughs> 102 assists, 181 penalty minutes, and only 25. Oh, sorry, 181 points, 25 penalty minutes. Like uh, ridiculous. I mean, that is just fucking mental. So ridiculous. Um, yeah, he's an absolute stud. And as they always are, our interview today is brought to you by Lucky Penny Media. At Lucky Penny Media, we're a full-service marketing company without the hefty agency pricing. We understand your brand is everything to you, and when working together, it means everything to us. You're more than just a client. You're a partner and a teammate. Our philosophy is simple. You grow, I grow, we grow. So that's uh, thanks a lot to our friends at Lucky Penny. They've been transforming our Instagram. It looks great. I think it's starting to get real sharp. So um, give them a follow. You need any help with anything? Um, you know, from graphic standpoint or, or social media or anything, give them a reach out to, uh, to Charlie and the team. So without further ado, let's kick it over to Adam Oates. All right, Polly, I'll, uh, I can kick it off here with our little, uh, our little intro. Um, so we're pumped up. 
on back of the bird today to have uh to have this gentleman joining us he's born august 27th 1962 canadian former professional ice hockey player former co-head coach for the new jersey devils former head coach for the washington capitals during his playing days it was 19 seasons in the nhl for the detroit red wings the st louis blues boston bruins washington capitals the philadelphia flyers the Mighty Ducks of Anaheim, and the Edmonton Oilers. Known as an elite playmaker, his career total of 1,079 assists was the fifth highest total in NHL history at the time of his 2004 retirement. After retiring as a player, he served as assistant coach for Tampa Bay Lightning and New Jersey Devils, like I said, before joining the Capitals as their head coach for two, two seasons. He was also named one of the greatest, 100 greatest NHL players in history and a Hall of Famer. Welcome to Back of the Bird, Mr. Adam Oates. How goes it? It goes good. How are you guys? Oh, we're hanging in there. We're hanging in there. Whereabouts are you right now? I'm in Jupiter, Florida. That's where home is. Nice. So you must be must be a golfer. Are you a golfer then? Uh, I golf a little. My wife golfs a lot. Uh, I'm still doing a lot of work every day with uh, with hockey, so schedule is pretty busy. But I get out there. Nice. Nice. When does uh, when does that it still hasn't died down for you? Uh, you know what? The guys are in an exhibition right now, so this is sort of the two weeks where I get to kind of breathe. This summer was a real hard one because it was the first time back in Canada in two summers. Yeah, seriously. So, so after obviously with COVID, it's been pretty difficult. So it was a, it was a grind this summer trying to see everybody and get everybody their reps. Yeah, for sure. So let's uh, why don't because we're definitely going to dive into kind of that side of things, but. I'm thinking maybe we start from the top. That's kind of what we do is a little bit of chronological order of kind of growing up and, and you know, how you got into, you know, obviously there's going to be two sports we're going to chat about here, but so you're born in Weston, Ontario. Yeah. Where, whereabouts is that? Uh, it's pretty close to the airport. Um, uh, it's, it's a Tobacco now kind of right. Okay. Uh, so growing up, I, I lived off of Weston road and highway 401, like, pretty close to Pine Point Arena. Yep. And, uh, you know, I played my hockey and lacrosse in that, in that area. Nice. Nice. And how, so how did you, how did you get into, how did you get into both hockey and lacrosse? And, and were, were you in both kind of from a young age or how'd that work? Oh yeah. I mean, you know, as you know, growing up uh, in Canada, it's hockey, right? So I was no different right from the first get go four years old, I'm playing hockey and, that particular part of Toronto where I lived was big lacrosse. So I, I started lacrosse at the same age. So kind of like summer was lacrosse, winter was hockey. And we just kind of kept overlapping. And uh, that, that was my life. Were you, sorry, Danny. Now, no, no, like to, to touch on that, like obviously I kind of did the same thing. I didn't quite have uh, either career in either sport, but uh, did, were you excelling at kind of both sports right off the bat or was one like better than the other? Did you like one better than the other? Um, I would say I'm a sports guy. I love them both. Yeah. But my younger years, I probably was a little bit better lacrosse player than hockey player. And I mean, I, I love, like I said, I love them both. I, I have no problem with both. I, I still do, right? And uh, it's always been my life. Um, I, I got to the age where I was playing junior lacrosse, and my goal at that time was to try and make the NHL. 
So kind of like you had to shift gears a little bit in terms of what the purpose was. And, uh, you know, I, I played right through uh, my junior lacrosse years. I played one senior year of lacrosse. Um, and then I had to give it up for hockey. And is that, is that when you went to RPI? Did you ever play lacrosse while you were at RPI? Or is that when you gave it up when you went to RPI? You know what? Actually, my, I had a scholarship at RPI, and my scholarship was a Division One scholarship. And lacrosse there was Division Three, so I wasn't allowed to play. Mm, makes and sense. it's funny because the coach of the team was a man that played box in the Pro League. Okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, way back when. So uh, I, I used to go and watch all the guys. My college roommate played lacrosse as well. And, uh, you know, the field game is obviously different to me. Um, but still, you know, part of part, just a part of your life, right? You're around it all the time. For sure. So let's, uh, well, let's go back to, to kind of playing junior. So what was, what was the name of the team back in, in Etobicoke when you, uh, when you were playing junior lacrosse? So, so, when, so when I grew up, I played for the team called Rexdale yep. and then, and then right around, I want to say, I think around midget, we merged sort of and kind of created like it was where Brandon Shanahan's from, from Mimico, um, the Lakeshore boys and us, we formed, we formed Etobicoke. Okay. And I think it was called Etobicoke Eclipse. Nice. And I mean, we'd be, uh, we'd be goofs to not talk about, you know, one of the, one of the most impressive records I think I've seen um, amongst many, obviously in your sports career is the one, the junior A game where you put up a record that still stands. And to me, I don't, I don't think this one's ever going to get broken, but it was 29 points in one single junior A game. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And, and don't, don't forget the record was 19 assists probably in that same game. I assume. Yeah. Same game. 10 and 19. <laughs> 10 and, 9, 10 and 19. I think that's, uh, that might be my NLL total so far, but that's, uh, how, what was that game like? Walk, do you remember that one fondly or? Oh yeah, for sure. Um, you remember them all really. Uh, you know what? Back then guys, you got to remember the game was still pretty violent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it was like, you know, wood sticks, pretty violent. So I was very fortunate. I played on a very tough team. We had, a, we had a lot of tough guys on that team, so I had the ability to go for records right? because, because of that. So it was one of those nights. We played Kitchener, and they weren't, they weren't one of the best. And I got off to a real – you know, I had a good year that year, period. But I, I got off to a good start in the game, and then one of the guys suggested it to the coach. So I kind of played the whole game and, and went for it. That's amazing. Did you, what was, uh, would you have known what the record was at that point? What was the record previous? Cause that's another good question. I, I think it was 21, but I'm not, <laughs> me on it, but I, I think that's what it was at some point we thought. Oh, that's amazing. It's, so no one was going to, no one's coming up behind you. You got, you got guys behind you take care of the business so you can get the 29. Is that how it rolls? Yeah. Yeah. We had a couple of scraps in that game too. There was, I'm sure it was like a, I mean, I'm sure you guys, knocked him out of the out of the arena too like it was it like you beat him by a lot i assume i'm, su- yeah. I'm assuming oh, yeah. it wasn't a 30 30 game no it was not a 30 game it was like a 45 10 game oh. <laughs> that's unbelievable i mean and being from kitcher i was i mean i'm right away i'm just laughing at myself wishing that it was mike pool and that was <laughs> that was in between <laughs> the for that one that's too good. So that's, uh, so yeah, when, what, when it, we all, I always love asking this question and usually obviously we have, you know, mainly lacrosse players on, we've had, you know, hockey players as well, but what, uh, you know, back then 
was there an idea for you to go to the OHL or was it always school you wanted to do that? And, and then how did you choose RPI? Well, you know what? Growing up in Toronto, I wanted to play in the OHL. I did. Um, I, I was kind of a late bloomer in hockey. Uh, kind of grew a little late. Uh, one of those kids that kind of had to bounce around from team to team. Uh, even though... I was that guy that produced a lot. I scored a lot. You know, most most guys that produce produce their whole life, right? They didn't all of a sudden, you know, figure it out. Um, so I produced a lot, but I just never got drafted to the O and never got picked. So then you're at that magic window age-wise where, what am I going to do? And so you, then you kind of shift gears and try and get a scholarship. And I was lucky enough to have a coach uh, from RPI see me. And I, I had played two exhibition games for the Marlies. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, so I lost my amateur status. So they appealed my case with the NCAA board. And because I didn't take any money um, and because most of the draft picks were at NHL camps, they, they let me get into college and they suspended me my freshman year, seven games. That was my, that was my punishment, but they allowed me into college. So they were, they're pretty good to al- allow a young kid to, uh, continue his career. Yeah. That's awesome. That's cause you, you know, that I think that might be the first story I've heard of the NCAA kind of doing an, an, a good deed on that side of things. Cause usually they were, they were taking, pretty good taking it away. Were. That's awesome. So, so what, and then how, uh, how many years did you spend at RPI playing? I, I played three years there. We, we uh, won the national title my junior year and uh, it was kind of a good time to turn pro. Plus I was a little bit, I was a year older than most kids. Cause like, because I was, um, I played that extra year of tier two. I was 19 going into NHL. So it was time to go. And then let's, and then we're kind of moving into the the pro side of things. Is there, you know, was it again, I, I should have pulled this up definitely on me, but draft wise, how did that work for you going into to the NHL in, in 85 there? So, so same thing. I didn't get drafted to the NHL. Wow. Which is, you know, it's always one of those stories that when you look back, it's kind of like, how come? Right. And because the year of my draft year, I won the scoring in the league. And right. I played with Steve Thomas, my left winger. So Stevie played eight, 18 years in the NHL. I played 19 years. We both didn't get drafted, but our right winger got drafted. Because <laughs> so, he was a year younger. And, you know, they went by a lot of different criteria then. You know, we were playing a league down. We we're a year older. Um, so I guess as they go through the, the lists, you don't quite kind of qualify. And... You know, it just it just one of those things that didn't happen. In hindsight, obviously, kind of pretty lucky for us. But uh, you know, at the time when you were a young man, it kind of breaks your heart a little bit. For sure, no doubt. So it almost kind of gives you that chip on your shoulder too, right? To kind of yep. keep Pretty going. I'm sure. It. Yeah, something that you obviously you developed from from kind of the OHL stage moving into the NHL too. So that's uh, that's awesome. So what were those first uh, what were those first few years like in in Detroit? Um, you know what. Your first team, you're always very, like, romantic with your first team, right? And, you know, you're hoping you stay there your whole life. Uh, I got to play with Steve Eisenman. Uh, my second year, we went to the semifinals. We played Gretz and Mess and the Oilers, right? So we lost to them two years in a row in the semifinals. And then uh, the fourth year, the team had a couple hiccups, and they ended up training me to St. Louis. So pretty devastated at that time because you think you're kind of going to go in the right kind of curve. Uh, so, so it kind of, it, it teaches you real fast that it's a business. Right. No doubt. Yeah. 
Yeah, you, you think you're going to stay there forever, right? And then, yeah, it's kind of like you realize you're just a piece of meat. But when you get traded there, like you you, you had some success in, in Detroit, but then kind of you get traded over and then it kind of seems like that's when you hit your stride in the NHL. Like then you start like producing. Well, what do you attribute to that? Just well, new scene or playing with Halsey? No, I would say I got a chance to play with Brett Hall. Yeah. And, and chemistry-wise, um, I got a few more minutes of ice time. And then you're playing with Brett, and we had a great, great chemistry. We start producing, and you get off and running, right? Simple as that. So was there, I mean, again, we kind of kind of bounce around here, but to kind of relate it, you know, back to lacrosse, when you're, you know, obviously you're known, to, you know, as that playmaker and, and you know, obviously establish yourself as that. Was there, you know, was there times that you noticed kind of throughout your, your hockey career, whether it's, you know, vision wise or just athletic ability that kind of, you know, you, you felt was maybe developed through lacrosse? I, I tell every single person that I'm a lucky guy because I played hockey in the winter, lacrosse in the summer. And we had contact at age five back then. Not that there's a lot of contact, but kids bump into each other, right? Yeah. Yep. So, so I got to have contact 12 months a year. I got, I got to learn how to take contact 12 months a year. And the control that you have with the lacrosse ball in your stick and taking that punishment, like it really, really helped me in my hockey career. No question. Obviously, no question. In terms of the control... Uh, learning how to take the contact, learning how to see around it, all the, all the things that go with it to make a good player. And I, I got the luxury of doing that 12 months a year. And it's one of the things that I, I, I struggle with with the NHL now is because they don't allow contact until a certain age. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is like, I think it's around 13 years old, 14, depending where you live, right? America, Canada. And I personally don't agree with it because you're, you're allowing kids to play sports for eight years without contact. So, so that's eight years of learning curve. Right. That's eight, eight years of developing habits that don't teach you how to see what's coming, how to absorb force. Right. I, I, I would never want a 10-year-old kid to get hurt, of course. But I still think there's got to be some process in terms of teaching them how to see what's coming, how to take it, how to learn how to fend it off, um, everything that you see in both sports, right? You know, like, why? Do, how can an attack man handle a guy with a long stick in field game, right? Yeah. Well, they learn how. That's how. Yeah. So, for, so lacrosse for me taught me all that stuff. And, and the other thing about the game is the ball's up here. Right. So the sticks are always around your eyes. So that's another sort of variable that you had to learn how to pay attention to in terms of the game, right? So a little bit different than hockey, that part. But obviously, another sort of skill set you build into your system. Hundred percent. It's it's crazy that that you say that because I think like I don't. Know, I mean, Lomi are, are different ages, but I think when I started playing hockey, rep and stuff, we we started checking. I think at like that 10, 10 year old or, or eleven year old. But then it's been that like controversial issue. Yeah, they like they bump it up, they bring it back down. But it'd be interesting, especially like kind of with what you're doing now. Is like. You know, again, like you say, you don't want anyone to get hurt, but like, are these concussions and stuff like a result of kids not growing up? Like you say, knowing how to defend themselves, fend off the the defenders, have eyes up, you know, looking at the play. It'd be interesting to kind of see if you could ever quantify that. Cause I'm always, I was always a big believer too. Like, 
you know, like you say, you're going to play eight years of a contact sport, but not in contact. It kind of seems counterproductive a little bit, right? Yeah. It's, to me, it's very frustrating because I understand you don't want someone hurt, of course. Yeah. But you're also unleashing kids around the puberty age. <laughs> They're already all hopped up on, on testosterone and stuff as it is. And some kids are 30 pounds heavier already. Yeah. So, so of course, if they run into each other, it's going to be violent. Right. And, and you know what? The, like the first thing that I every every time I get a new client, every single new client, the first thing I do is when I watch their video, I watch to see if they make themselves vulnerable. And then I, you know, then I worry about their game because at the end of the day, like they're playing a sport, you play in an arena, you play with boards, it's fast. You better know where, where everything's coming. You have to, you have to learn those skills and you don't learn them in hockey school. You don't, you don't learn them uh, without playing contact. Like you have to learn how to take a hit. You have to learn how to see it coming. So they're, they're, they're developing, you know, five to eight years of not doing that. So now you kind of have to take that habit out of them. Yeah. Right. Instill the new habit. So, so when you, if you, I, I just want to touch on that because I think I find that so interesting. So if you, you get a new client and it's like, Hey, this guy, you know, maybe he's gone through some injury history, but it's because he's put him in a vulnerable spot. How do you teach him to kind of get, like you say, get that habit out of his game? Well, we almost have a few sort of lacrosse type drills. Just right? start cross checking guys. Yeah. 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 Kind of like that. Yeah. Where, where I go over to the boards and I'm like, if you see me coming, how are you going to take it? You're going to kind of flinch, right? You're going to have to yeah. learn how to flinch. But you have to learn how to flinch while looking at the guy. Mm-hmm. So, like, so, you know, if you got your lacrosse stick, you see the guy coming, you take a little bump, you're still looking yeah. there because we, we protect the ball so well, right? Yeah, exactly, yeah. So, so, yeah, so you learn how to take it. Now, the one thing I, I didn't talk about, actually, was I never played field. Right. So I never learned to use my other hand. Or neither did I, Otsi. I'm a right-handed. Yeah, neither. Yeah, neither. Which is, yeah, that's almost like a Canadian trademark in itself. But yeah, that is a good point. And you know what? Well, when I played box, you didn't have the time to learn that. You wouldn't have had the time. Right. You wouldn't. You wouldn't have been able to switch hands. You wouldn't. No. Have you wouldn't have survived the game. For sure. For sure. So yeah, that's. Is that you know? And again, this is kind of a tangent, but it is an interesting topic. You see more and more, you know, hockey-wise instead of kind of doing another sport in the summer, whether it's baseball, soccer, lacrosse, you know, we're doing your 12 months a year hockey with, you know, your skating coaches and everything kind of in that, in that, you know, off season for, for I'm talking more young kids, not at the pro level. Sure. Is that something that maybe, you know, you see as, as a downfall or something that's, you know, maybe developing hockey skill, but missing other areas of, of sport? I, I would say the answer to the question is both. Yeah. No. Do I have a problem with someone playing their sport all year long? Not necessarily. Do I like the idea of them playing other sports to become a better all-around athlete? Yes, I do. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so there is a kind of a fine line on what's right, what's wrong. Because what I would tell a parent is, if you're going gung ho for 12 months a year and you're hiring every one of those coaches, what if you hire a wrong coach? For sure. Yeah. No. Now you're developing a bad habit. Yeah, no doubt. So, so you don't want to reinforce something that's wrong. There is, there is something about the kids learning something organically, for sure. Yeah. Um, 
You know, and so that's why I like them playing other sports. Why? Because you're becoming an athlete. There is some, there is something to be said for that. You know, and I'm obviously a proponent on. You know, I played lacrosse and hockey, and I think they both helped each other, right? So I definitely do, and I'm sure there's some guys that just played hockey all year round that are fantastic players too. So it's kind of a tough argument. But uh, the one thing that you definitely have to be leery of is when you watch. Does it? And this is the biggest thing that in my job is. When you watch something, does that does that look real? Does that does that look like hockey? Yeah. Like I, you know, you go on Instagram, you see these idiots jumping over stuff. Like, well, does anybody ever jump over something in a game? Like, no. So it's like, yeah, but I'm teaching them athleticism. No, you're teaching them something stupid. Right. You're wasting their time. Teach them hockey. Teach them lacrosse. Teach them something that happens in a game. You know, like you can't do that enough. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah, and it's it is. I think that in any you know, industry that kind of grows, you see it on strength coach side too. Right. And Polly, obviously you can kind of touch on that where it's, you know, you got your good coaches and then you got your kind of, you know, pretenders that are almost just trying to make something new to be the next thing ahead and say they're doing something great. But at the end of the day, it could be something that's going to pull you back in the wrong direction. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's another obviously very difficult subject because strength training is pretty prominent now. Mm -hmm. Right. And I would, once again, I would never say don't strength, don't strength change. I would never say that. But I'll tell you right now, I'm 59 years old. Nobody can knock me off the puck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know are, you I mean? make, are you making a comeback? Is that is that the announcement? <laughs> making the comeback? I didn't say I have the cardio. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, you got to be strong. Most guys that get to a certain age, you're strong enough. Your skills are more important. Right. Yeah. 100%. Go ahead. Sorry. Uh, no, like every concussion comes from some guy not seeing what's coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't matter if we can bench yeah. press 500 pounds or not. Yeah, that's a skill, man. Yeah, that's yeah. fair. That's fair. You, you bobble the puck, that's a skill. You bobble the ball, it's a skill. Yeah, right? no no doubt. No doubt. Yeah, so, oh, skills and IQ are prompt the number one and two. <laughs> Like that, that, hey, that bodes well for me. I don't know if I have the skill of the IQ, but I, uh, you know, I can. If we can push strength to the back burner there in terms of weight training, I'm all for it. But yeah, it's still important. Yeah, sure. it's still there. But but you know what? Like you said, you bench press 500 pounds. What's that got to do with picking up a ball? Nothing. No, 100. And I think, and I think that's what's so interesting, and and kind of to just go back and what you do with like players, and I, I think that's then tied into lacrosse. Um, when you started doing this stuff with hockey players, my brother who also plays in the league, he was like, I really want to start doing that. But for lacrosse players, not so much the skill side, but teach these guys the game and how to read the game and how to like the game IQ. Cause again, like I think, you know, lonely me and you, we've all played with guys who are probably the best practice players in the world, but then all of a sudden they get to a game. And like you say, no IQ, don't know what they're doing getting hurt because they just are flying around. And so I think that's, like you say, game IQ, I, I agree, is always that number one in any sport. Because if you have that, then the rest kind of can fall into place, right? You can always get faster and stronger to a certain degree. But if you can't think and, and know the game, then you're never going to go anywhere, right? Yeah, and, and that's why I don't like really being called a skills instructor. I, I'd rather say that I make you a better player. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like teach you how to play. Let's just yeah. keep work, let's keep working on becoming a better player. 
No doubt. So what's, uh, well, why don't we, ju- we'll jump back. Cause I, I think at the end, you know, and again, we'll kind of dive into more detail as to how you, how you kind of got into what you're doing now. Um, Cause it's, it's obviously, you know, I've heard you speak about it before and it's really interesting um, work and, and who you're working with and everything, but in terms of playing. So let's go the one year, obviously that stands out, you know, on paper, you're looking at, you know, your year in Boston, you're, you're just south of a 150 points in, in a season. What, what was, what happened there that was different? Was it that atmosphere? Was it just kind of, you know, settling in line mates or, or the confidence? What, what was that for you? Uh, no, you know what? I would say there was a little bit of the rules that year. That was one of the, that was one of the years um, where they really start. We got more power plays in games. Right. Um, so that was a little bit of it. Cam uh, Neely was hurt. So I played net front on the power play. So I got some more goals because of that. And I say 45 tucks. That's pretty good. 45 tucks. <laughs> Not bad. Um, and just a little bit, probably at the age where you're really hitting your peak and just getting your ultimate confidence, good team. Just a lot of things fell into place. Yeah, no doubt. That's so, yeah. And that, and that kind of leads me into my next question here. Cause you know, you've seen some pretty, pretty awesome cities to play in, I think. And, and, you know, and that's me looking at it right now. So obviously, you know, kind of back then people are, you know, real gung ho on, on the sport. Where, what was your favorite city? If you had to pick one that, that you played in. Well, it's funny. Like, um, I loved my, my first three were fantastic. You know, the two original six, Detroit, yeah. and Boston, and St. Louis, I played with Holly. He was MVP of the league. We had a great team. And then I go to Washington, and the first year we went to the finals. Yeah. So I've been pretty lucky in terms of having a lot of great experiences in my career. You know, not not, not too many down years. Really, right. my, my biggest frustration in my career is probably my last year. Yeah. You know, because the year before I played for Anaheim, we went to the finals. We lost game seven. Yeah. I had a pretty good playoff, so I thought I was going to resign. They went in a different direction, and then all of a sudden, I was 40 years old, not signed. So I figured it was over, so I didn't train. Yep. And, you know, when you get older, you can't afford to not train. Yeah. So then I ended up signing with Edmonton, but I was, I was too far behind, you know, to catch up. So I was behind the eight ball, and I didn't really – find my stride if you would till like very late in the year right no doubt so that was pretty frustrating um <clears throat> otherwise pretty lucky in terms of the cities i played in and good hockey markets and good teams and good good crowds yeah and well, i was talking to uh i was talking to Pooley a little bit and he said uh he said, I guess you, you went out and watched the Swarm play at Mohegan. Is that right? Yeah. Yes. And he, he, he said that was, uh, that was a spot that the, the Bruins boys used to frequent quite a bit back in the day. Or Yeah. Well, that's when casinos first came in, right? Yeah. So when we'd have an off day, Mohegan was like an hour and a half away. So we'd go on a Saturday night. We'd go after a game and, you know, have some fun. Yeah. What was your game? What was your, what was your game at the casino there? Oh, my game is losing. Yeah. <laughs> Same as everybody else. Yeah. yeah it's, it's funny how big, it's funny how big and nice and expensive those places look. Eh? It just means yeah. a lot of people it's, it's are losing. doing okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're not doing too bad. That's too good. But, uh, so yeah, well, I guess, yeah. Why don't we, why don't we step into, you know, obviously that's your playing career is, you know, that's the biggest, quickest synopsis anyone's ever done of your, of your playing career and, it, and incredible in itself. But what, um, you know, you obviously stepped into coaching after, is that something you always kind of saw yourself doing? No, no, it wasn't at, at first for a few years. And then 
uh, Rick Tockett called me. He was coaching Tampa, and I offered, we played together on three teams. So we knew each other very well, and he asked if I wanted to get into it. And I said, yeah. So I got into coaching, and right away I loved it. Really, lo- really loved it. Um, really enjoyed trying to kind of like pass your knowledge along to the boys. Mm-hmm. And got a good feedback from the boys in terms of liking it. And then uh, obviously moved along to Jersey, and then I got my first head job in Wash. And, you know, really loved that. I really did. And then um, got fired in Wash, and then got hired again in New Jersey, and then uh, got offered a different job in Jersey, and I passed. So then I was in a little bit of limbo, and that summer I was watching the NBA Finals, and they showed LeBron James working with a guy. Between games, they showed him working with his individual skills guy. Right. And uh, they showed him, like, and obviously it wasn't one of his coaches. It was, like, his private coach, and he was working on a shot he missed yesterday and, and trying to, like, perfect that shot. So I thought about it, and because I didn't have a job at the time, I kind of I called a couple guys that I'd worked with up and said, what do you think about doing something like that? And a bunch of the guys said, yeah. Interesting. So, and they were all guys that I had coached, so they knew how I communicated. Like, they, I was just trying to make them a better player as a coach, right? So I was just trying to enhance their skills. So I started that five years ago and got 90 guys now. I haven't looked back. That's unbelievable. Now, did so you, like, that's pretty crazy. You get it from an NBA. Like, yeah. when you were playing – would, would you just do stuff on your own or were assistant coaches kind of doing anything like that? When you were, when you're coming through the NHL or anyone like doing, Hey, OT, you got to work on, you know, coming down backhand sauce, whatever, or like, you, you know what uh, guys, like what I offer the boys now is everything I wanted as a player. Yeah. Give me one more percent. Mm-hmm. One, like I'm dedicated. I work hard. I show up for work. What did you see? What am I doing wrong? What can I do a little better? Right. And I'll tell you, I, I did learn for sure. Like I, I played with Steve Eisenman. He was, he was a better player than me. So I watched him. Yeah. I tried to mimic him. Right. And I, I played with Brett Hall and Holly and I talked about it all the time. And then I played with Cam Neely and Ray Bork and I got to go against Ray Bork every day in practice for eight years. That made me better. For sure. Right. So I learned off other guys. And I'll give you another good story. Is like, I'm sure you guys both watched Michael Jordan, The Last Dance. Yeah. Decent player. Yeah. He was all right, right? Yeah. So, so my favorite episode is the Scott Burrell episode. Mm-hmm. Because there's Michael at age 50 going, you know what? I used to, I used to ride him pretty hard because I needed him in the playoffs. And then they show Scott Burrell now at age 50. Yeah. Going, yeah, Michael was a tough teammate on me. No, you donkey. Yeah. You had a chance to learn off the best and you didn't. Yeah. He took it. Yeah. He took it the wrong way almost, right? He took it the wrong way, right? Like, like at the end of the day, we're all looking for a little bit, another morsel, one more morsel. That's what we're looking for, aren't we? Yep. Right? You know, look at, look at Yarmor Yager still playing. Why? Because he wants to. He doesn't want to call it quits yet. Chara, Chara's playing one more. Yeah. Joey Thornton, the same thing, right? Like, yeah, like all of us. Anybody, anybody that says they don't miss the game, they're lying. No doubt. Sure. No they're doubt. lying. 
That's, yeah, I that's miss, so interesting. I, so I miss, I miss, I miss a bad game. I miss the stress of the game. Mm-hmm. Right. The pressure and all that for sure. Yeah, I miss. I, I would do anything to have a three-game slump right now. <laughs> I don't know if I'd want a pregame slump. I don't know. <laughs> I was gonna say I'm looking at your I'm looking at your numbers here. I don't know if you ever experienced one of those, but pregame slump was like, oh man, I only got two points last game. That was brutal. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I put I put it a half an inch behind Holly's stick when he was going for one timer. You you're sleeping on that one. But so I I mean one of, one of the famous things I was I've heard heard about you talking here was with you know, going offside and how you should never, there should not never be a single time when you go offside. Can you expand on that a little bit just for kind of maybe people that are, that are listening to, uh, to this episode? Um, oh, I, you know, sometimes when we tell these stories, you don't know how they come up, but yeah, like, like I honestly don't know how guys go outside. I never went outside <laughs> in my life. It's, it's a blue line. You've been looking at the blue line your whole life. You don't know where it is. You don't know when to cross it. And it's funny because some guys go outside every game. Yeah. So, so, and when you argue with guys, they'll be like, well, I was open. Yeah, but you're still the guy that made the referee blow his whistle. So at what point in time did you not know I wasn't passing to you? Yeah, exactly. And it, just, it just goes to show that you're out of control. No doubt. You're out of control. So like, like, so what, like almost all the rules guys are out of control. Well, it's a, it's a mistake. At the end of the day, it's a mistake. Yeah. Stop, stop making the same mistake. Right. With that, would you say, would you say that's like the most, whenever you do get a, get some film, whether it's from a existing client or, or a new one, um, would that be the most frustrating thing that you see on, on film when you're, when you're going through it? I, yeah, there's, there's when you watch guys, like their habits, it, it is funny sometimes to see some habits that guys have, right? Because, and you know what? Everybody thinks you're in the NHL. Like, yeah, but, you know, guys in the NHL still have lots to learn, right? That's why some guys make a lot of money and some guys don't make as much, right? Like, we have different uh, qualifications in the league. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. So there's always – and there's a, obviously a wide range of things to work on. So in terms of kind of – like how does it – you know, logistically, how does it work? Obviously, you're going to have players from kind of all around. Do you, got, do you fly, you know, a bulk of them in together? Or if there's guys from a certain area, you'll go and kind of work with them all at the same time? Or how does that work? It's, it's, it's pretty private in terms of, like, uh, the relationship. Yeah. So, so I don't go on the ice with too many guys at a time. Sometimes there'll be buddies. But like like three guys on the ice is a lot. So I might rent the like I might go to Toronto, for example, and rent the ice all day long and have six sessions of three guys of like an hour and a half at a time kind of thing. Um, and, and we try and get on the ice as much as possible. They come to me, I go to them. And then during the season, there's a video component to it where, you know, you're watching the game for the habits. You're watching the game to all the little nuances that, that could possibly happen. We, and then, you know, I'll send them reminders. I send them voiceovers. I'll go, I'll go to the, I'll go to a rink near me and I film something to show them what I saw last night, try and work on this. Um, and it's a, it's a relationship. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's, that's awesome. And it, it, so, and, and again, this is a, a, must be pretty cool too. And I, I think I you hear this from a lot of people that kind of get into coaching, but when you see that kind of light bulb, when you, you know, you work through something that's been a habit of somebody for ages and then you, you see him kind of do what you told him to do in a game. What's that feeling like for you? 
Uh, that's, that's the best feeling I have right now. When, yeah. you, when you see guys do something that they didn't do yesterday, it's a fantastic feeling. And you know what? It's funny because, for example, like we have all these drills and we name them, et cetera, et cetera. And then when you see guys make these plays, and then just like everybody, there's, there's guys in the league that players think are the best at that. That guy's the best slap shot. That guy does this the best. Right. So, so last night, the Rangers were playing the Bruins, and Panarin got an assist. And I had 40 guys text me it 15 minutes later. Did you see Panarin's assist? <laughs> yeah. Because that's something that we know we know is a really good skill that not everybody has, that that man has. Yeah. So, so it was a particular movement, vision, something that he did that we worked on in the summer. And when I get those texts, that tells me the boys are paying attention. Which that's got to make you feel pretty good too, like that they're always trying to learn as well. So it's not just you always being like, hey, we got to, you know, figure this out, do this too, right? Yeah. And, that, and you know what? That's, that's sort of what I try and explain to them at the very beginning. It's, it's learning. Mm-hmm. You're trying to get 1% better. So it's not about going down and back as fast as you can. It's not about uh, if, it, if it's a younger kid, mom and dad watching me to see if their son or daughter is sweating. No, no. It, it's, it's cerebral. It's, they're trying to get better. So it's, it's not a magic wand. There, there is some actual learning going on. So I'm teaching them to learn. So I love it when the boys do that. Yeah, that's awesome. That's that's so interesting. So you you say you got ninety clients, like, and I'm sure, like, obviously, you know, you have some, you kind of have a lot of the who's who in the game. But do you like? Are you? Um, I'm not explaining it. Like, are you selective in who you pick now, or, or would you keep going? Will you keep growing that number? Is like, or is ninety like, okay, we're good here, we'll stay here? Uh, no, because you know what, uh, capacity has not happened yet. Okay. Um, and there would get to a point where you raise your rates. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. But I really enjoy it. I love it. Uh, every relationship's a little different. Um, the and everybody's a little different. I would say just like everything, some guys work harder than others, right? Mm-hmm. Just like when we played. So it, uh, it's an evolution constantly. And it, it, so far, I haven't had really had any hiccups. That's awesome. And so, and, and you, is it, you know, have you expanded your team of kind of, you know, folks that you trust and that you're working with to kind of come in? Because that's got to be difficult too, right? Because you have an idea of what you want it to be. So was it hard to kind of pick those people to come on board and help you out? Yep. So when I started, I went and saw Butch Harmon, the golf coach. Yep. And I, I paid him for his time and we talked. And because I felt like we were the same guy where you coach Tiger Woods and you coach some guys in mini tours and you coach some businessmen, right? And yep. some up-and-comers. So he's got his stable underneath him. So my first question was, how long before Tiger Woods would listen to your number two? Right. And he said to me, six months. And he goes, that's six months of Tiger trusting me with him right there, knowing that I went and took a phone call one day. And when I came back, that guy was standing in my spot. So Tiger believed in him that day. So all my coaching staff that work under me, that's basically what I tell them. 
there's going to be a point in time where this particular player will be willing to listen to you. That's my goal to get that as soon as possible because yeah. then that player gets more reps. Right. For uh, sure. So you got to walk the walk, talk the talk, see it, touch it, know it, visualize it, explain it, be able to demonstrate it. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that I would tell you, if you, if you couldn't demonstrate it to me, you're a fraud. Right. You might, you might tell me something you better show me. Yeah. If you can't show me, then you're a fraud. So anybody that works for me, you got to be able to do it. You got to be able to do everything. There's, there's nothing I can't do still. I can't go, I can't skate hundred miles an hour, but any particular skill I can do. So any guy that works for me has to be able to do a skill, every skill. That's gotta be, that's a small, that's gotta be a small group of guys that are doing every skill that you still got in the book then. Yeah. And you know what? Like they, they, I mean, seriously, because someone's going to pay you a lot of money to make them better. You, you better be able to make them better. So that means seeing what they do wrong, figuring out how to explain it to them and then demonstrating it and then coach them through it. Right. Well, that's the, that takes a lot. That takes a lot. It's not that easy. hundred percent, especially in like sports, I don't think there's very many visual learners. Like you can't be like, Hey, you got to, you know, put throw it on your backhand, fend off the guy. Like I think everyone in sports has to see exactly what you're trying to explain. I don't think anyone can really figure out what a visual of what you're trying to explain. You know what I mean? So it kind of, if you can't demonstrate, like you say, then obviously you can't do it. So are most of those, like, I know you got like a, you got Teddy Purcell on your staff. So most of the guys, ex NHLers, ex players. No, no, I got Teddy Purcell and Patrick O'Sullivan are my ex NHL players. And then I've got, uh, Jonathan Singlet just retired from the Swedish elite league. Okay. Um, then I got a couple of guys that, uh, I'm grooming, mm-hmm. to keep moving up the ladder. Uh, a couple of guys in Boston, a couple of guys in Toronto. That's That's awesome. So let's, uh, yeah, maybe kind of last kind of, I guess, chat, have you picked, when's the last time we picked up a lacrosse stick and kind of throw, throwing the ball around a little bit? Uh, I got one in the house. Um, I shot some on Mike, uh, that day and we played catch a little bit. Uh, otherwise I haven't really had the opportunity to get into it that much, but you know what? I'm not going to lie to you. It takes five seconds, man. Back. Yeah, that's that's what Pooley texted me, and he just said he's like, just yeah, he's like he still got it. We threw the ball around a little bit, and he still got it. So he had good things to oh, say man. there. You know what? I actually, you'd laugh, but I actually have my hockey players, my some of my younger kids, mess around with a lacrosse stick because of the, the ability to cradle. Yeah. Right. Like I want them to get that ability in their hands because. That obviously I cradle my the puck as well, right? I, my hand has a little bit of a cradling ability in my hands. Yeah. Right. So when I see kids that are a little choppy, I, I get them to get a lacrosse stick and try and figure out, just mess around with that a little bit, feel that sort of sensation in there. I was gonna I was gonna touch on that because it seems like the last little bit in the NHL draft, like Owen Power, these guys who are going high, everyone's touching that they played lacrosse at some point. So it kind of seems like me, I don't know if it's more kids are actually playing lacrosse or not, but like just for like selfish reasons, like (laughs) for lacrosse to grow, (laughs) the more kids that play is better. But I think to kind of bring it all together is like 
lacrosse is the one sport that has a direct carry over to hockey. I feel like well, in a couple, couple ways. Yeah. Well, you know, like actually, well, first of all, you got hand-eye coordination. Yep. The the contact of the game, and the, and the control of the ball, uh, and like I said, cradling. You know, like Brendan Shanahan, fantastic. Joe Newendike, fantastic. Uh, Gretz, fantastic. Yeah. Right. Uh, we all saw Gretz when he. We all saw the Instagram of Gretz. He looks like. Had it. Yeah, he probably hasn't picked up a stick in thirty years. Probably. <laughs> yeah. He's doing over the shoulders right away. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Could I didn't love. I, I hated that. that. I hated it because it's like I. Th- he, he hasn't picked up a stick in thirty years. He looks like he'd take my roster spot right now. <laughs> he can't be having that. And you know what? He could. Hundred <laughs> percent. You know, like, yeah. like, like, seriously, that's that's not hard. Like, that's in his DNA, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. No yeah, doubt. for sure. Like, I, 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 that that sensation. Like, when I grab it, it's a little weird with the field versus the wood stick, right? Yeah. But in terms of the ability to slide, the other thing is like we slide our hands, like for a sidearm. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I, I slide my hands all the time. Like, and it's it's funny. It's like those are like some of the cues I see in guys. There's, there's a couple things wrong with a lot, all the hockey players. Their bottom hand doesn't slide. It just stays. It stays and it looks like it's holding a dumbbell. Mm-hmm. It looks rigid. So it's, it's not cradling. It's not dancing. Where I, you know, I, I always say it's like my hands play pool. My hands play guitar. My hands cradle. And my, my bottom hand, it moves. Yeah. You know, like taking a sidearm for sure. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's cool that you can you can tie both. You know that you can tie both your loves back into like what you're doing now. Oh, for sure, for sure. That's awesome, man. Well, listen, Paul. Paul, you got any anything else for for Ulti here? I mean, I, I just I, I want to touch. Obviously, like you've kind of obviously you're a busy guy now, but you've come to a couple, couple NLL games. What's, uh, what's your thought on the, the game of lacrosse right now in the, in the pro league? And you know what? I've, I've been to a few games, uh, going to watch Mike, uh, with the swarm, the Thompson brothers were there. Yeah. So obviously, you know, arguably one of the best players in the world. Right. Oh yeah. Uh, so, and just watching him and it just, easy for me to fall in love because it's like picturing myself out there, right? It's like just watching yeah. the guys play and the game's still the same, you know, like the shot clock and then the five on five and then the power play. And uh, I love, I love the skill and I, I, I like the violence of the game. Like I like the contact of the game. Um, I, I would always say to anybody that if you're a sports fan and, and I would say this about hockey, if you got a good ticket to a hockey game, you're going to appreciate the speed of the game, the skill of the game. And I would say the same thing about lacrosse. If you got a good ticket to a lacrosse game, you're going to see a lot of action, a lot of goals, and a lot of contact. And it's like, it's exciting. You know, but to me, it's, it always has been. Yeah. I mean, I, that's how I try and sell to people too. It's like, it's got everything you want in a sport. Lots of goals, lots of speed, lots of violence for the most part. So that's how I try and sell it to people. But uh, it's funny because like I like football, I do, but I don't like going to games. Yeah, I think it's so slow. Yeah, it's just there's not enough action, and you, and if you don't have the best seat, you don't see anything. Yeah. So you're basically going to tailgate. 
Yeah. Which isn't bad either sometimes. <laughs> yeah, but most of us don't have a problem with that in our lives, unfortunately. Right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so like if I, when I go to a sporting event, because I've been spoiled, I want to see a lot of action. Yeah, for sure. I've been spoiled. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. So what's, what's, uh, what's the next little while look like for you once um, obviously guys are kind of, they're at camp now and, and moving into regular season. How does that kind of change um, what you do in the off season with those guys? So, so for the guys that are playing uh, right now, I, I kind of flip gears and get into the video component where I'm looking for stuff around the league every night, little nuances, habits, bad habits. Uh, and then we have a private portal that I put all I put all our information on a private portal for the guys, and then I do their own individual stuff with them. Um, then I communicate with them on our own relationship, and then I'm always thinking about extra things to uh, work on to get better with the guys. And then I, we do have an amateur component, so I still sort of get on the ice a lot with the amateurs. That's awesome. Last, last year was very busy because of COVID because the NHL was a condensed season. So there was a hundred straight days of games. Yeah. So that was kind of ridiculous. Um, burning my eyeballs out with the video, but this year's going to be, you know, a, a normal year. It's good. You know, it's, it's every day I got a little something every day. Someone had a good night last night and every, every day someone had a bad night last night. So there's always a little something, right? Sure. 100%. Any uh, any NLL games you're gonna sneak into? Uh, you got some time? Oh yeah, for sure. I, uh, as soon as we get there, uh, I'm sure we're gonna go see Mike play a couple times. So that, that's always fun. Perfect. Maybe uh, maybe when the Rochester Nighthawks are in town, you, you come see. If you like violence, just watch me on the back and I'll be swinging, <laughs> swinging that axe around. <laughs> I'll be the one booing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and every other fan base against me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's too good. Awesome, man. Well, listen, we I, we appreciate you taking the time. It's uh, it's obviously you know for us, it's it's cool to kind of see the the two worlds come together. Um, and at the end of the day, the reason that that we're doing this is is because we want to try and tell stories of um of people that have played the game and and get more eyeballs on it. So um yeah again we we appreciate you taking the time it means a lot. Hey, hey, my pleasure. You know, it was a game I love, so I'd always support it. Awesome. awesome. Thanks a lot, Otzi. Really appreciate it, man. Okay. Good you guys. All right. Good luck. Take care. All right. Thank you. All right. What an interview with Otzi. Just hanging down in Jupiter, just coaching up a storm. And, and I mean, the guy is so meticulous and... <laughs> He's got like that, almost like that aura of like intimidation to him, eh? Because it's just like, yeah. he's just such a stud of a player. And now he just knows, like, he just knows the game so well that he can just dissect the hell out of it. So it's like he's too smart. You don't really want to talk to him because you just feel like you're so dumb. <laughs> yeah. You know, <laughs> like you're just going to say something dumb. But uh, I remember um, it would have been, it would have been last season. So 2019, I think it was, it was, it was our home opener. So to tie in the whole Adam Oates thing, home opener, a bunch of my buddies came down. Um, they had these t-shirts made with, uh, I was had the mustache at the time, lacrosse cage, mustache, Dawson two on the back. Um, we ended up getting stomped. I think by Georgia, it was like 14 to four, not a, not a great start, but anyways, um, then we go out to vinyl. Me and the boys were, ha- were having a good little rip there. And uh, my one buddy who's the wedding we just went to, who demoed 300 college springs. He's like, yeah, we were, 
I was picking up the tickets you left me and uh, this guy in front of me, like looks so familiar and they kind of turned around and I'm like, pretty sure that's Adam Oates. But I'm like, what would Adam Oates be doing in Rochester? And I was kind of like, yeah, you think Adam Oates is here in Rochester? I was kind of like, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Anyway, so we're, we're having a couple of drinks at the bar and then I literally turn and we both turn and we're like, fuck, he's at vinyl right now. Adam Oates <laughs> has had vinyl. And uh, he's like, and I'm like, yeah, that is Adam Oates. And then all of a sudden I see Pooley like put his hand around him and they're like talking, blah, 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 blah. So I'm like, what? So I like go over to Pooley. I'm like, dude, how do you know Adam Oates? He's like, oh, he's dating my sister, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, ah, okay. So it kind of, kind of comes full circle. So he's, uh, anyways, yeah, he was in Rochester. And then uh, at Vinyl, just having, having a good old time at Vinyl like everyone else does. Yeah. I lo- oh, fuck. I love that place. But that's, that's a funny story. But yeah, he seems, seems like a great guy and a stud. And obviously he's doing well. I mean, you get, you're working with the likes of McDavid, Shifley or whatever, you know, whatever, whoever the guys he's working with. It's uh, 90 NHLers. Is that good? Yeah. I mean, not, not bad. So, um, yeah, huge shout out to Otsi for sitting down with us, but, uh, but yeah, I think that pretty much does it for episode 20, buddy. We're going to be legal drinking age next time. We're, uh, next time we're chatting. Can't wait. Love it. Awesome. man. well, thanks everybody for listening again. Shout out to sponsors, Carter Springs, easy Mondays, lion eyes, um, and lucky penny. So, um, we'll be back more content than ever. We're thinking about doing a little sit down, maybe watching some old games, Drink yeah. some cottage springs. Maybe we'll get that thing together in a couple weekends here once we have some time. So um yeah, we uh we look forward to chatting with you guys again. Peace. Take your first ride and run, baby, run. If you want a sign, this is it. You're mad, your magic you're as hard as a gun. You wanna play with Chase the thrill if it's worth it Cause you never ever wanna work for it Take your first ride and run Baby, run You gotta smile